Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. And you know, the ideal thing, Marjorie, is that we want our homes to be really lovely, mm-hmm. and wonderful, and pleasant, mm-hmm. and cozy, and consistently smelling of some sort of warm baked good. <laughs> yes! Unfortunately, yes. Tis not the reality. Today, we're talking about parenting hacks and things that we've just decided to completely let go of and give up on in order to survive. How do you feel about this? (laughs) I can't wait to share my list with you. It was so much fun trying to remember back to the things that Ian and I did to get around things that we didn't want to do. So you go first. Well, this conversation was really started by a photo that I posted on my Insta story the other day, Marjorie, and it got you thinking. It was actually yesterday. It was just last night. My, how the hours feel long (laughs) these days. That's right. So I posted this photo of a bowl of cereal with milk. And I said, I mean, this is what I'm feeding my children tonight. (laughs) When the porch kitchen has lost its luster, here's what we're having for dinner. And here was the backstory on that. So you all know if you've been listening to the podcast that I'm in month 385 of a kitchen (laughs) remodel. Just kidding. Month three, creeping into month four. That's not bad, Elizabeth. That's not bad. Oh, I know. But it feels it's feeling a little bit long. So we had a really wonderful vacation last week and I got to actually cook on things like stoves and ovens. And (laughs) it was really luxurious when we were at some friends cabins. And then when I got back, it was really exciting to see the progress that happened when I got back. It was also really disheartening to see how far we had to go and to just be like, okay, here we are back again. And, you know, I mean, I think the struggle is that it's just my nest doesn't feel settled doesn't feel home it feels like a construction zone so it's just been a little bit hard to deal with so we get I get home last night and Wednesdays is when my husband has men's league he golfs on Wednesday what a joy so he's golfing I bring the kids home and I realized that at some point someone had blown a fuse during the day so I was unable to use my microwave toaster oven instant pot anything the air conditioner was out because the fuse had blown (laughs) And it was blazing hot in the porch kitchen. That's the trouble with the porch kitchen. It gets very hot in the afternoons because the sun just beams right right into the porch, which is really nice on a cozy winter day because it actually gets kind of warm out there, but not so nice in the summer. So I'm out there and I realize I haven't gone grocery shopping since I got back from vacation. My children are hungry. I have very little food. I have virtually nothing to cook them anything with. And I just was like... I'm just going to give you cereal. I don't know what else to do here. I'm going to give you cereal. And so I said, what do you guys think about cereal? And Bernie said, cereal with milk? I love cereal with milk. This is <laughs> See? great. See? So it's- I went downstairs to the basement, got out the milk. Now, in my defense, it was grass-fed whole milk with organic Cascadian Farms Cheerios. <laughs> no but- need to defend. <laughs> if this I had poured been- it for them. 
and they both ate two bowls. In the meantime, I ordered some groceries, which actually did end up showing up. So that was good. So then they ended up having like an apple and a cheese stick and whatever later. Right. But I also shed some tears, Marjorie. No, you did not. Well, because I needed help. I couldn't figure out the fuse thing because we have these stupid old school knob and tube fuse boxes, which are getting transitioned into modern, normal fuse boxes here in the next few days. So I had to rely on Jay to call me and tell me how to fix this. And in the meantime, I couldn't do anything about it. And I just felt like, oh man. And it wasn't even like that feeling that bad about the failure of giving them cereal because whatever cereal. I mean, how many times did I eat cereal for dinner growing up? Tons. Yes. It was just like the feeling of fatigue of just like, I'm fatigued of this. It gets to the point where you get fatigued of things being hard, of Mm -hmm. just the simplest things being hard, which is the point of parenting hacks is you take the things that fatigue you and you turn them around and make them easy and the key is to not feel guilty about it. That's, and that's absolutely what you did. true. That's Letting what you go did. of the guilt is the most important thing. Yeah, because it's like they had cereal. They're fine. If you had seen some of the things my children ate growing up, you'd know your children are going to be fine even though it's a bowl <laughs> of Cheerios for dinner. And quite frankly, in the picture, they look super happy. So they in were the really end, happy. Yeah, because it's different and it's fun. And, and that's the thing is if you bring all the guilt and shame into it, which I know you didn't in front of them, then it takes what's fun and joyful away from them. But I know you didn't do that. Were the tears shed privately? Yeah, the tears were shed after they were already settled in and like cozied up. And then we had a great night and they were really great. I think it was just me feeling really sad that this was my situation and just like missing that settled feeling at home, like missing my home feeling like a home because it just hasn't felt like that for a really, really long time. Frankly, we're coming up on a year because it was a year ago, just almost a year ago that we put in the offer on this house. Yeah. And so for for that time of buying this house and selling the old house and moving into this one and then feeling like we needed to do this project and then worrying about that and then starting the project. I mean, it's just been a year of unsettling. And I think the Cheerios just felt a little sad. Just oh. felt a little sad. <laughs> See, I say it's a bowl of joy. That's what I say. Okay, so what are your other parenting hacks? Well, okay, there are just some things in terms of hacks that I've just given up on, okay? Okay. So number one, I do not care about matching socks for anyone in my house. Do love that. I'm not. I'm just not doing it. I'm not matching any more socks, Marjorie Punnett. I refuse to match the socks. Did you do this? Do you do this? Okay. Here's a confession. No, but when we couldn't find socks, usually the go-to move was buying new socks. (laughs) So when we moved out of our house in St. Paul... And we went to all the corners of the house. We had lots and lots of socks. Lots of socks. So, no, I didn't match socks. I was not very effective at that. But I like your system, which is... And I think sort of by default that became our system is if you want matching socks you go dig around in the laundry pile in the basement you go dig around and find it yourself so i 100%. think 100 i think and by I default their I socks there. in their rooms in yeah. their baskets i just refuse to match them See, so you can find the ones that match you are way ahead of where i was those socks <laughs> did not make it back into their room so they were digging around the house or new socks would come into the house so yeah i think Similar systems. What else? I've totally given up on matching outfits for my four-year-old. And really, that wasn't even a big thing to give up. I just don't really care. I don't care if she matches. The only thing I care about is if she's dressed for the weather, right? That's good. That's fair. That's survival. I don't want her to wear, like, I mean, today she wanted to wear a faux fur pink coat. (laughs) As one does. She's my girl. Oh, that makes me so happy. 
Oh, and tell me again. Tell me say, again. Tell me again no, what you want to wear. Tell yeah, me that's, again. That's just not a great idea. Like I love, and I even say, like <laughs> I love this choice. I really do. I think that this is absolutely fabulous. The only thing is, I mean, it's eighty degrees in the summer, <laughs> which is really great. So I feel like you're going to be sweating buckets. So maybe we wear it around the house this morning, leave right. it here, and then you can put it on again when you get oh. home if you want to. But I have friends who are very obsessed with their children wearing coordinated matching things. Bad idea. And I just sort of want her I just want her to express herself yep whatever she wants to do let that be her creativity and I feel like when you're four you don't necessarily have that many things in your life that you're in control of brilliant let this be the thing that you control and why pick that battle why I mean I I will tell you I remember I remember the day Campbell my younger son rebelled against how I was dressing him and I will tell you I my husband and I had disagreements about how the young boys were dressed there was lots of velvet and little play suits There were lots of little jumpers with crazy things on the front. And by the time Gar, my older son, was like five, he was into the gap clothes, which were kind of cool for kids that age. So he was already in like little gap clothes. But Campbell was three and was wearing Gar's three-year-old hand-me-downs, which were little jumpers. There used to be a store called Chocolate Soup, which had all these little really frilly, frilly boy clothes. (laughs) And so I remember trying to put on, and Campbell was like the sweetest, most mellow child. And so he's looking at his five-year-old brother, who's like in gap, little gap khakis and stuff. (laughs) And I'm trying to put him in a little jumper with a frog on the front holding a firecracker and he would have no part of it. He's like, I am not wearing this. And I think he just knew intuitively, like, I'm jumping to the next phase. I'm not going through all these clothes that my brother had to wear. So I'm with you at that point. I mean, I'm totally fair. You pick your own clothes. You you have a mind of your own. You want to wear something different. And so that was the last day I think I got a solid choice of what to wear. I'll talk more about clothing in a minute. But in that okay, case, I love that. In that case, the the little the little jumper outfits, which my husband hated, were gone. <laughs> we're gone. <laughs> okay. Which is funny because Ian is such like a dapper dapper formal dresser. You know, he is. He's he is. always looking very pulled together. Yes, but it was it was just the little Gar had this little like velvet little. I can't even, there's a word for it. It was like a little velvet outfit where like it had a le- elastic around the legs. So his little pudgy legs would stick out. So it was black <laughs> velvet with a white satin collar. <laughs> I don't know what, what? I, I don't know what I was thinking. But anyway. What are you doing with these little <laughs> velvet outfits? Like, what are they? That's is, very know. funny. I think, they, I mean, I really think I was playing dress up. I mean, I think I was just playing like live dress up. Honestly, I'm embarrassed now. If you saw well, the pictures, you'd die. You were young when you had yes. kids and it came from a place of love. So I think that that yes. is totally fair. Yeah, it's okay. completely fair. Okay. The other thing I'm, I'm letting go of is, well, currently it's Franklin's dairy obsession. Right. But is it is when my children go through things that they are obsessed and they only want that one thing. So okay. Franklin, well, technically is obsessed with two things right now. Dairy, which involves cheese sticks or yogurt and honey. Yogurt and honey, mama. I need mm. yogurt and honey. Yogurt <laughs> and honey. Ups all the time. <laughs> And then he's also obsessed with the movie The Good Dinosaur. And he wakes up and goes to bed thinking about The Good Dinosaur. He just loves The Good Dinosaur. And so I remember when Bernie had a five banana a day habit for like a solid two weeks. She ate five (laughs) bananas a day, Marjorie. I mean, I'm not kidding. She loves to hear that story. She thinks that's so funny. 
And I thought at the time, at first, I was just like, oh, my gosh, you can't have all these bananas. What are you doing? But for it wasn't like it was causing any sort of digestive problem. No. You know, if it's causing like a health issue, then you need to figure it out. But it was just that's what she wanted. And this is what Franklin wants. And so I'm just thinking, like, I'm just going to ride this out and yeah. I'm not going to fight a battle on it. If you want a cheese stick, have a cheese stick. It's just not the end of the world. See, this is this to me is the secret of great parenting, is knowing what things just to let go of. And matching outfits is the first one. Let it go. Cause I totally it, agree. And I because there are going to be battles that are real, especially like when the kids start school. There's a lot of serious stuff you've got to deal with. Clothes shouldn't be it. And that no. is the one thing. I was grateful. My kids, pretty much all of grammar school and high school wore uniforms. So the clothing thing was just not even an issue. That's Which like a nice. real plus for the idea of private school. There's so many negatives, mainly the cost for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big one. That's a big one. But the oh, it's fantastic. positive of that, the, I think all, all schools should have uniforms. I mean, what a joy that would be. Oh, I 100% believe public schools should have uniforms. More parenting hacks, things that I'm just letting go of or trying to push off is mainly. Right now, I'm really obsessed with not going to or hosting birthday parties that involve friends. <laughs> Is this bad? <laughs> Tell me what that means exactly. Friends of the kids? Yes. Here's what's happening. And and some of this, I think it comes from the fact that my children have birthdays right around holidays. Like yeah. Franklin's birthday is on a holiday. So yeah. it's a little bit of a challenge as we're figuring it out. I just don't want to get into this massive birthday party thing too soon. Right. When it comes to birthday parties, I mean, I want them to have birthday parties and I want them to get to invite their friends and I want them to go to birthday parties. But I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So if I take my four-year-old to a birthday party with friends, like at a friend's house, I have to stay at the birthday party, yeah. right? I mean, I don't get to just drop my child off and be like, peace out. I'm going to go have coffee by myself for an hour <laughs> while you're at this birthday party. I have to stand there yes. and it's talk exhausting. to the parents of these friends. Yeah. And it's just not something that I can do. I just can't. And I think some of it is just during the week at work at my really fun job, I do a lot of chatting and entertaining and conversing with people. And on the weekends, I just can't play the get to know you game that much. I need that downtime and that peaceful time. So I feel like until they're prepared to be dropped off at a birthday party and then me pick them up when the party ends, I'm just not in the zone of doing the friend birthday party thing. And so I don't host those kind of parties and we don't go to those kind of parties. And we've gotten invited, which is really nice. Like some of her friends at daycare have invited the entire class. Right. And I'm just thinking, I'm just not ready to do this. So that's what I'm pushing off. I actually think that as a rule, nobody should have anything but small family parties until the kids are like in fourth grade. Oh, yeah. Like just stop. Like everybody just stop yourselves and have a (laughs) nice little family party. I mean, I was looking at old pictures. My mom had sent a bunch of old pictures a long time ago. And there was one where we were all sitting around a table with party hats on. And I have three older sisters. So I was like four or five. And it's us at a kitchen table with a homemade cake. And I think some of the neighborhood kids were like there too. But like so not a big deal. Yeah. And that's just as it should be. It was just, but it was people we really knew. And those kids probably just came into our house. Like it was not, there was no, I'm sure there was no invitation sent out. It was just a cake. And and that was fine. We were little. And I, I just think that starting them so young at those parties, it, it's a lot of effort for parents that are already really tired. And if you all could just make a pact, all you parents of these young kids, if you just make a pact that we're not going to do this anymore, then it would be great. <laughs> I know, because if you start with these massive birthday parties when they're little, yeah. they end up 
turning into people like Kylie Jenner who have rooms full of rose petals when they turn 22. I can't. That was her birthday. I Just can't even talk about that. Petals. I can't talk about that right now because it makes me okay, angry. Fine. Fair enough. That's another thing I'm that's pushing another off, podcast, Marjorie. Elizabeth. I'm pushing off organized activities. I just oh. am trying to make sure that at four years old, I don't have dance every night and gymnastics every night and soccer every night. And I know that those things are coming. Yes, And I are. know that's going to be part of our life. But right now, I'm just so protective of just our little yep. evenings at home and our sweet little early bedtimes that I can't do it. The only thing we do are swimming lessons and we don't even do them in the summer. We just do them in the fall. And I feel like that's a survival skill, yes. not yes. an organized activity. Yes. So we do those on Saturdays and then and then that's it. I just think it the idea of committing to some of this stuff early is really hard for me to handle. I, I 100% support you on that. I think unless you want your child to be an Olympic athlete, which if you do, four years old is already too late to start. You, needed to, you needed to train them in the womb. So unless you're looking you know, for an Olympic athlete, I would say, yeah, you can postpone those. Although you guys have some pretty good sports genes in, in Well, there. with Jay. Yeah, you know, not Jay. with me. I mean, my with husband. So, I'm like, I am an idiot. Jay's always <laughs> like, I can't believe that you think that this is so amazing that Franklin can throw a ball. I mean, of course he can throw a ball. And I'm like, I think it's amazing when anyone can throw a ball. Because <laughs> really? I can't. No, that's great. Okay, so I can't I got... at all. Okay, I want to know what you were doing okay. to make life a little bit easier. Okay, so my rationale in, in these things were these, yeah, these are just the things that I came up with that I could justify and not feel guilty about. And Good. so one of the things that you're going to face soon, so you're going to face this when your kids go to kindergarten and first grade and second grade, and that becomes what do you do in the summer? Yes. Summers get very complicated once your kids are out of daycare. Like daycare is great because nothing awesome. changes. You know, nothing changes in the summer, right? You just take them at the same time you've always taken them. It's just the same deal the yeah. whole time. So wait till school starts. If you, you'll see this with your friends. Once school starts, working moms, that is the hardest thing. It's like, oh my God, what am I going to do with the kids? Like, what uh. do I do with the kids? And so luckily for a lot of their little years, I was um, freelance. And so I would generally take the summers off, but you still had to figure out what I'm going to do with the kids. So I created at a very young age what I called fantasy camps, which are basically the made up camps that I would make to make my life easier. So we would, the kids used to get kind of excited about this. We had doctor camp, which was the week that we did all of our doctor's appointments. So, oh my gosh, Marjorie, this is awesome. So we did all the doctor's appointments, all the dental appointments. We would go out to breakfast. We would, I just made it like this very exciting week of all the things we needed to do. So that was doctor camp week. And then there was Lego camp week, which they each got to go to Target and pick out like the biggest Lego set. And then you know, they had to have it completed by the end of the week. Okay, and, this and, is brilliant. Yeah, you was, are very brilliant. <laughs> this was fantastic. Here's my favorite. So when we lived in Atlanta, my friends, we were all of different denominations religiously, but all of our friends, all of our kids were friends from soccer. And so what we did is we all went to each other's Bible camps. So... <laughs> Great. So, so that was like three weeks right there. And Bible camp in the day when my kids were going to Bible camp was like 25 bucks for the week. Like it's it was, cheap. It's really cheap. But they were with all their friends. And so they would go to an Episcopal Bible camp and then they'd go to a Presbyterian Bible camp. It was just fantastic. So yeah, that and that's was a just good a good, one. well-rounded religious education right I, there. I think so. So that was a really good cheap hack of, of what to do with your kids in the summer if they're not in full-time care. I mean, a lot of us, you know, a lot of people have to put their kids in full-time care. But these are the things I sort of patched together. Then, now, here are some of my parenting hacks 
when I was working full time when they were during the year when they were little. And this is I'm almost embarrassed to say this. Like, this is a really shameful thing. Well, you already talked about the velvet suit with the scrunched up ankles. I don't know how much more embarrassing it can get. Yes. I'll find that picture and we can post it. <laughs> um, I'm sure Campbell will love that. Oh, it was Gar. It was Gar. It was the older one. The younger one had long since rejected. Remember? Frog with the firecracker. He was out. So I hate. I hated taking my kids to the park. I hated it. I just, Yeah, that's, that's fair. I got so bored. And I would always sit at the park and be like, I have so much to do. It was so hard for me to sit there. (laughs) And so whenever I could hire that out, I would. Whether it was like a teenage babysitter. For a while, we had no pair. You know, whenever. I always got the park thing checked off with somebody else. Like if I It is a good idea, though. I mean, and what a great thing when you do have a lot to do. Yeah. To hire out the park. Hire out the park. So get somebody to take your kids to the park so that you can have an hour at your house to get stuff done. Because you're so much more efficient. Plus, you also get a little recharge from the alone time. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. And and the park was one of those great things. We had a lot of sort of there were a lot of teenage girls in our neighborhood. It's a perfect young babysitter thing to take your kids to do. Well, and when I nannied, so I nannied for a family in college. Yeah. And the I mean, these boys are now like graduated oh, from cute. I mean, I think they're in college. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. And they were three and 18 months when oh. I nannied for them. And they were just the sweetest boys and a really sweet family. But the mom, uh, Mary Ellen, would hire me to take the kids out of the house yep. all the time. Yep. So she's so my she woman. So she was a freelance writer. And yep. so she would need writing time at home. And so like in the summer and in the nice weather months, we I would just take them. I would, I would go over there, pick them up, and then we would hit the stroller or hit the road and we would just be cruising everywhere. And it would just give her that recharge time at home and time to get stuff done. Now, this other one was sort of accidental, but it actually ended up being a parenting hack. Is I was a young mother, not so much by age, because I think I was 27 when I, 26 or 27 when I had my first son. So that's not like, that's not super young. No, it's not. But it's, I mean, by my standards, I was 33 when I had my first. Yeah. So, but I, don't think I was quite clicked into everything quite the way I should have been. And so I would take them shopping for clothes and I would always buy like two sizes up because it was like, they're going to grow. <laughs> well, my God, I was buying them. They literally had clothes in kindergarten that finally <laughs> fit them in fourth grade. Like, <laughs> like it was so far off. And so there are pictures, Elizabeth, where it's like year after year, you see this. <laughs> Like the same striped shirt. I mean, it was insane. (laughs) But I don't. So it ended up kind of being a hack and probably saved us a ton of money. But my intention was really good. I thought, well, we'll have this for a year. But I don't know how fast I thought kids grew. It it ended up being kind of a great hack because we had clothes for a very, very long time. I know. I need to do that more with jammies. I feel like my kids grow out of jammies so fast. It's like every five seconds I'm going, wait, these are too small on you. See, Franklin's two. If you buy him 6X, that takes him right through first grade. (laughs) (laughs) Great hack. Great parenting hack. I love um, that. That's funny. And then the last one, and this is a this is interesting because I was actually talking to Ian about it. I, I said, you know, what were the things that we did that made our lives easier? And I had forgotten we did this. He was saying that in about, I think it's like second, third, fourth grade, at least when my kids were growing up, the chatter starts about what kids are watching. Oh, yeah. And in the day, kids on the playground were talking about that they saw a PG-13 movie or they saw an R-rated movie. And so what we decided to do is to curate PG-13 movies 
that were old school so that our kids could say they had seen a PG-13 movie, but really what they had seen, like, was Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, they had seen, like, the lamest PG-13 movies. Okay, that's smart. Yeah, it really worked. But then Ian reminded me, so we really love James. As a family, we love the James Bond movies. We always have all of them. And so we started letting the kids, and I think most of the James Bond movies are PG-13 movies. And so we we took to the Highland Theater. We took the kids to go see, and they'd already seen a couple. And so Campbell was probably seven or eight and seven, eight or nine, and Gar was, you know, 10, maybe. And so we took them to the Highland Theater to go see Die Another Day. Have you ever seen any of the Bond movies? Yeah, but not that one. But I've seen like the the most recent two. Yeah. Well, the ones with Pierce Brosnan are not nearly like the ones with Daniel, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Like those, Daniel Craig's Bond went dark. Bond is still a little bit cartoonish. When Pierce Brosnan was doing it, it was still a little bit cartoonish. So it was fine. And we had to deal with the kids because we love to take them everywhere. That if we took them to a movie, they were always welcome to come with us. And we were pretty good about what was appropriate. But if a scene would come up that was unexpected for us, we would either signal earmuffs, which mean they had to cover their ears, or they had to close their eyes. And if they didn't do it when we told them to, we would get up and leave. Oh. And we were pretty good about it. And so it would be so funny. Like, if anybody was watching our family, like, you just see it's like cover their ears when we would tell them to. And it didn't come up much. But Ian had reminded me that when we went to go see Die Another Day, that there's a scene where Halle Berry comes out. She comes walking out of the ocean, super sexy, in like this mod Ursula Andress sort of bikini. And Halle Berry's just got like a body to die for. No kidding. So she's walking out of the ocean sort of in slow-mo and looking gorgeous. And then it cuts to the next scene where they're in bed, Pierce Brosnan and Halle Berry are in bed having sex. And so Campbell leans over to Ian. Now, mind you, he's like eight. And he leans over and says, wow, they sure got married fast. (laughs) And Ian said, he remembers starting and said, "Mm, I don't know, Campbell. I don't think they're married. I think they're just having sex. Oh, my gosh. And Campbell goes, oh, good point. Good point. Good point. Like, well done, Dad. Yes, something I hadn't thought of. Okay, you guys are the cutest. So, but that actually, and I don't know, like, what the equivalent of that is going to be for Bernie and Franklin. Like, what are kids going to talk about on the playground? Because it's probably not going to be movies like it was for my kids because of YouTube and everything that your kids will be watching that didn't even exist when my kids were that age. But there's... Well, I think... There is something really special about that idea of demystifying the things that are, you know, seem adult or seem inappropriate. I mean, having honest conversations about those things and exposing them to the right stuff seems good to me because I, you know, I remember as a kid, I was the oldest. And so I didn't have like an older brother or sister. Right to tell me stuff or to overhear them and their friends talking about stuff. So I remember when kids would start talking about really, I mean, kids talk about inappropriate stuff. I mean, they (laughs) talk about like dirty, dirty things. Yes. And when kids would start talking about it and it would be like, oh, do you know what this is? And I would never have any idea. I had no idea. And it felt embarrassing and I was kind of ashamed and I sort of felt dumb. Right. And so when I think back to, okay, what are the moments that I want to prevent for my kids that I went through? I really think about 
shame and humiliation. I mean, those are the things that I don't want them to yep. experience yep. as much as possible. I mean, because hard f- things, overcoming hard things, all that kind of stuff. Right. That's uh, that's a bummer, but it's the way that it goes. It's just I don't think shame and humiliation make you into a stronger person. No, I they think f- they, they make form you, you. They form you more. They make you insecure. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like the more that you can look back and go, what put me into positions where I maybe felt that way? Then you can look at your parenting and think about how do you address those issues so that maybe your kids feel confident. And that's yep. the key. That is the key. And I think the, the key word was demystifying. Because what that does is by allowing them to say they had seen PG-13 movies, PG-13 movies that we had curated, but it allowed them to stand, as silly as it sounds, it allowed them to stand strong on the playground, that they could be a part of that conversation and feel like they were a part of that conversation. But they were watching movies that we approved. And, and you're exactly right. Those are the things, if you can think back and anticipate them, you can demystify or teach so they're not caught off guard. I think that's great advice. And you know what? The whole thing is, I mean, they're going to have to figure out how to stand tall because they're not going to be wearing matching socks. Yeah. That's right. So they're going to have to like overcompensate for that (laughs) with something. In some way. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. If you have a moment, give us a review at Apple Podcasts. We would so appreciate that. MC Byrne writes, I love this. So happy to hear Marjorie and Elizabeth together again. And we are so happy to be together again. And we're going to have a little reunion of our own coming up. This is a really big deal. And we are super excited. So if you are in the Twin Cities, which we know a lot of you are, you have to come and see us at the Minnesota State Fair, August 31st, August 31st, 10.30 a.m. We will be recording a live podcast, a live episode of Best to the Nest, and we'll be doing it at the Five Eyewitness News Building, which is right at the corner of Carnes and Chambers. We'll be on the stage. Marjorie, I mean, we haven't seen each other in years. 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 I know. I'm really excited. (laughs) It's going to be really great. So Marjorie's coming. She's going to stay with me. We're going to cruise to the fair together, and we can't wait to see all of you out at the Minnesota State Fair for our live podcast. Oh, man. How fun. And please reach out to us. You can find both of us on Instagram at Best to the Nest or at Eliz Reese and at It's Me Marjorie One, and we are also on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, Elizabeth, have a lovely night. You too. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Cheers.